Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning at the time that we meet at the church building at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. And that's 9.30 Central Time, Nebraska time, uh, every Sunday morning for, for Sunday morning Bible classes. Now, we know that there are people even in the Omaha area who cannot be with us in person for one reason or another. But they want to be in God's Word. They want to study God's Word. They want to learn the Scriptures more and more. They want to grow in their faith. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we're thankful to have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a widespread basis over the Internet and by means of these podcasts. We know that there are people who listen to our podcast Bible studies across the country and literally around the world. So again, we're thankful that God has blessed us with that opportunity and the means and the means and the ability to teach his word on such a widespread basis. We're thankful that you're there and that you want to learn more from God's word. And we're thankful to be here with you to help you along that line. We encourage you to tell everybody you know about uh, our, our, our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Share these studies with them through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You know people in your life, probably some within your own family, in fact, who need to grow in their knowledge of God's word. They need to grow in their faith. They need to come closer to God. So help them by sharing these studies with them. And tell them about our website, churchofchrist.com. Somebody goes to our website, they can click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It's free. It always will be free. We keep emphasizing we're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. You'll never, you'll never hear us in these podcast Bible studies. You'll never hear us ask anybody for any money. That's not what we do. That's not how we operate. We want to help people get to heaven. Now, when somebody signs up for our podcasting, and it will always be free, as I said. They will automatically receive to their smart device, whether that's their phone or computer or whatever device they choose, they will automatically receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons. They will also receive a daily radio program by podcast that we call Search the Scriptures, Monday through Friday, every day, Search the Scriptures. And they will receive a short daily Bible study that we call today's Bible class. It's only about 13 minutes long, so it's easy to fit into our busy schedules on, a, on an ordinary basis. But it keeps us in God's Word. And that, again, helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith. So all of that will be automatic, and it will always be free when somebody signs up for our podcasting. Now, if you're in the Omaha area... We encourage you to come and check us out in person. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Study God's word with us. Grow spiritually with us. Worship God with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street right here in Omaha. 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 930, followed by worship at 1030. 
Sunday evenings, 6 o'clock, we come back together for another period of worship and Bible study. Wednesday evenings, middle of, our, of the week, set our busy schedules aside. We come together for midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of these services. And we do hope to see you, meet you, and get to know you soon. We're going to come almost to the conclusion of our study in Deuteronomy. And this is just the fifth book in the Old Testament that we have been covering. We have been working our way through for a number of years now what we call the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, Deuteronomy being the last of those five. And we understand Moses to have been the penman of all of these books, with the possible exception of the last few chapters of Deuteronomy, uh, because Moses ultimately dies before this, the last chapter is, is done. But we have, last time we came together in chapter 32, we read through what's called the Song of Moses. I want us to go back to verse 44 in that particular chapter and uh, kind of blend into where we left off at verse 48. So Moses, what's called the Song of Moses, he's preparing the Israelites again for his departure. He's not going to be able to cross the Jordan River into the Promised Land, even though he has, God has, through him, led them to this point for the past 40 years. Moses, we talked about that earlier in, in uh, the, the, the Pentateuch, where he, uh, well, we could say he rebelled against God. Now, not that he tried to take over, you know, God's place, but that he, he, tried, he and his brother Aaron took the glory for themselves when God told him, when the people of Israel, and we're talking again about a million to three million people probably, who Moses and Aaron were leading through the wilderness for those 40 years, and they came to a place where they needed water. God said, I'll, I'll give them water. You speak to the rock, and I'll make the water come forth. Well, Moses and Aaron, they took the glory to themselves, saying, shall we bring forth water? And instead of speaking to the rock, as God instructed, Moses struck the rock with the staff that he, that got through which God had been blessing him with powers. Well, the water came forth. God provided the water. But he told Moses, because you took the glory for yourselves, you and your brother, neither one of you is going to enter the promised land. Now, Aaron has already died in the wilderness sometime uh, back, but now Moses, God still uses him to lead the people all the way to the border of the promised land that he'd promised to the people of Israel through their forefathers, going all the way back to Abraham hundreds and hundreds of years before. But Moses knows at this point, I can't go any further. So he has been preparing the people through this particular last of the five books of the Pentateuch, he's been preparing them for their entrance in that into that land. They're going to have to fight some battles. They've been instructed: you either you either destroy the people in that land when you come to them in battle, or you drive them out of the land because they're idol worshippers. They're not following God. And if you let them stay and you, you develop relations with them, then you're going to be susceptible to their influence to lead you into the worship of idols. 
and that's going to bring the judgment of God upon you. Now, that, that warning has been given to them over and over again uh, in, in these five books. Now, well, particularly in, in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, verse 44 of chapter 32, after Moses completes the what's called the Song of Moses. Verse 44, so Moses came with Joshua, the son of Nun, and spoke all the words of this song in the hearing of the people. Now, why Joshua? Why did he come with Joshua? Joshua would be their next leader. He would take the mantle of Moses, so to speak, the mantle of leadership, and he would actually be the one to lead them into the promised land and to lead them into the battles against the enemies that they would face in that land. So Moses finished speaking all these words to Israel, and he said to them, set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today, which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of this law. Moses has communicated the law, we call it the Old Testament law of Moses, that God gave him for the people of Israel. And so he says, you teach your children to observe, to be careful to observe all the words of this law. For it is not a futile thing for you, because it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. God's continued blessings upon Israel, God's continued blessings upon anybody has always been contingent to their continued obedience, faithful obedience to God. Now we come back to verse, uh, verse, verse uh, 50. Let me go back, uh, you know, to, uh, well, let me go back to verse 48. Then the Lord spoke to Moses that very same day saying, go up this mountain of, of, Abarim, of, of Abarim, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, across from Jordan, and view the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession. So God's not giving Moses, you know, uh, the second chance, so to speak. That, that's not the right way to put it. He's, he's told Moses, you're not going to be able to enter the promised land because of your rebellion back there, because of you taking the glory for yourself when I gave the blessing to the people of Israel of water coming forth when they needed it. And, but he's not, he's not going back on that. He's not kind of, you know, patting Moses on the head and saying, you know, I think it's all right. I think I'll let you in anyway. No, that was God's judgment. You're not going to go in. You're going to die on this side of the Jordan. And some people might think, well, that's harsh. Well, no, God is demonstrating that he expects us to be faithful. How many times do parents, and let me just make that comparison by way of illustration that we can relate to. How many times do parents tell their children something when their children are misbehaving? You know, I'm going to ground you, or, or if you do such and such, this is going to be punishment that I'm going to level upon you. I'm going to, you're, you're, you're going to have things taken away. You're going to have to do extra chores, whatever it might be. But then after a little bit of time, maybe just a matter of a couple of hours, well, the parents let the children get away with it, so to speak. They don't follow through with the judgment. Well, that's teaching the children that I can be disobedient and I can get away with it. I know of a 
father whose son was continually causing problems in the school that he was attending. Now, he was a very smart individual, a very smart young kid. But finally, he did something. And the principal, he told the, he told the father and the son that uh, that's it. I don't want, it was getting toward the end of the school year, getting toward the time for the final exams. And he told the son and the father, um, I, don't want you, I don't want to see you in school the rest of this year. It was only about two weeks or so till the end of the school year, I believe. Uh, you come in to take your final exams, and, uh, and, and that's all. I don't want to see you back in school the rest of this year. And so the father told, and, and, and you know, if you take those exams, and if you pass those exams, then, okay, you can come back next year. Well, the father told the principal, you need to follow through with what you said. He's going to pass those exams. You need to expel him, just like you said you were going to do. And the principal, I guess, thought about it. He finally relented and said, okay. And so he did expel his son. And he had to, I believe, repeat that course of studies for that year. But you see, the father was saying, you need to follow through. You need to not go back on what you said. And so God followed through with Moses. He said, you're not going to be able to enter the promised land. And he was following through. Moses was not going to be able to enter the promised land. So God was going to allow him to go up on a mountain, Mount Nebo, that would overlook the promised land, the land of Palestine, what would become the land of Israel. He could look into it from afar, from a from a mountaintop, but he could not cross that river into that land himself. And so go up to this mountain, Mount Nebo, which is in the land of Moab, across from Jericho, across the river, view the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel as a possession, and die on the mountain. Now, would that be stunning if God said to you, I want you to go to this particular point and look at how I'm going to bless the people you led to this land through my guidance. I want you to have the opportunity to see the beauty of that land, but you're going to die right there once you've looked upon it. Stunning, but God was following through. God expects obedience. He expects dedication, commitment. So, and die on the mountain which you ascend and be gathered to your people just as Aaron, your brother, died on Mount Hor and was gathered to his people. Because you trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because you did not hallow me in the midst of the children of Israel. In other words, Moses took the glory, and Aaron, they tried to take the glory for themselves. Yet you shall see the land before you, though you shall not go there, into that land which I am giving to the children of Israel. Now, there's no indication in the scripture anywhere that Moses that Moses voiced any resentment for God's judgment upon him and Aaron because of their sin, that God was angry or that Moses was angry with God 
no indication of that. He understood they're wrong. He understood God's judgment. Now, Moses' final blessing on Israel, as written in the scripture text, in Deuteronomy chapter 33. Now, this is the blessing which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. He said, the Lord came from Sinai and and dawned on them from Seir. He shone from Mount Paran, and he came with ten thousands of his saints from his right hand, came a fiery law for them. Yes, he loves the people. All his saints are in your hand. They sit down at your feet. Every one receives your words. Moses commanded a law for us, a heritage of the congregation of Jacob, and he was king in Jeshurun. When the leaders of the people were gathered, all the tribes of Israel together, let Reuben live and not die, nor let his men be few. And this, and this he said of Judah, hear, O Lord, the voice of Judah, and bring him to his people. Let his hands be sufficient for him. Then may you be a help against their enemies. And of Levi, Moses is going down through the tribes one by one. Let your Thummim and your Urim be with your Holy One, whom you tested at Massah, and with whom you contended at the waters of Meribah. And Levi was the priestly tribe, who says of his father and mother, I have not seen them, nor did he acknowledge his brothers, or know, or know his own children, for they have observed your word and kept your covenant. They shall teach Jacob your judgments, and Israel your law. They shall put incense before you, and a whole burnt sacrifice on your altar. Bless his, bless his substance, Lord, and accept the work of his hands. Strike the loins of those who rise against him, and of those who hate him, that they rise not again. Of Benjamin, he said, the next tribe, he covers here. In this blessing, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him, who shelters him all the day long, and he shall dwell between his shoulders. And of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord is his land, with the precious things of heaven, which the dew and the deep lying beneath, with the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious produce of the months, with the best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of the everlasting hills, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the, in the bush. Let the blessing come on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separate from his brothers. His, his glory is like a firstborn bull, and his horns like the thorns of the wild ox. Together with them he shall push the peoples to the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. And, of course, Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, were heads of the half-tribes. And of Zebulun, he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in your going out, and Issachar in your tents. They shall call the prophets to the mountain. There they shall offer sacrifices of righteousness, for they shall partake of the abundance of the seas and of treasures hidden in the sand. And of Gad, he said, 
Blessed is he who enlarges Gad. He he dwells as a lion and tears the arm and the crown of his head. He provided the first part for himself because a lawgiver's portion was reserved there. He came with the heads of the people. He administered the justice of the Lord and his judgments with Israel. And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp. He shall leap from Bashan. And of Naphtali, he said, O Naphtali, satisfied with favor and full of the blessing of the Lord, possess the west and the south. And of Asher, he said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze and as your days, so shall your strength be. There is no one like the God of Jeshurun, who rides the heavens to help you, and in his excellency on the clouds, the eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say, destroy. Then Israel shall dwell in safety, the fountain of Jacob alone, and a land of grain and new wine his heavens shall also drop dew. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you, and you shall tread down their high places. These last several verses, Moses is reminding the Israelites and encouraging them and also further instructing them, God is your deliverer. God is your blessing giver. He's giving you this land, and he will defeat your enemies before you. He will give you victory over them. And when you do subdue them, when you do destroy them or drive them out, then you tread down their high places. Now, some people might wonder, what what is a high place, and what, what was that particular instruction about? Well, the high places were where those idol-worshiping people would build their places of worship to those idols. I guess maybe they thought that the higher up on hillsides or mountains or cliffs that somehow that would get them closer to their supposed gods, lowercase g, their idols that they were worshiping as deity. Well, Moses says, when you enter their land, when you defeat them in battle, when you take that land from them, when you destroy them or drive them out, do not allow those places of worship to their idols to remain. You destroy those places where they worship their idols. Now, we might say, well, why? Because over years, undoubtedly, those places would become a temptation. The devil could use those to try to tempt the people to think these are special places. These are holy places because they worshiped God's plural, lowercase g, they worshiped idols here. And so they might see them as something to kind of set apart or give special spiritual respect to. And they were just the opposite of that. 
Those were places of rebellion against God, of unfaithfulness to God. And so Moses tells them, when you enter that land and when you drive these people out, when you destroy them in battle, when you take their cities, when you take their lands, you destroy those places where they worship their idols. Those are places to be trodden down. We need to stop and think about that ourselves today. We need to not play around with false teachings, with false religions. There are a whole lot of people in this world who do not, either do not believe in God. Now, they may believe in some deity that they have made up, that they've imagined, and they might even worship those deities through some idols, carvings, statues, images, and there may be a whole lot of those people. But we are not to respect their false beliefs. There are a whole lot of people who believe in God, but they don't believe in Jesus as the Savior. We are not to respect them in their false religious beliefs. We can respect them as people, as people with souls, but we need to teach them the truth of God's Word and not revere their false religions. Well, so Moses tells, tells the people of Israel, you go into, those land, into this land and you tear down, you destroy those idols, don't let them stand, and you destroy those places of worship. That's false religion. That is unfaithfulness to God. Don't let it have a place in this land that God has promised to you and has led you to and will give into your hands. What profound instruction. What profound warning. We all need to take heed ourselves. We'll look at the last chapter of Deuteronomy next time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us so much. We thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving your word to people in the biblical times. But thank you for having it written down for us to be preserved so that we can learn from those teachings and from those experiences of those people. Thank you for having the prophecies of Jesus written down so we can compare those prophecies with his fulfillment of all of them, as he came as the Savior of mankind. Help us to beware, Father, of false religions and to not be taken in by them, to not give them place in our lives. Help us to respect people, but not to respect falsehood. Guide us in this. Give us your wisdom and help us to stand strong against all of the ways of the devil. And false religions are one of his ways. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and help us to stay true to you always. And hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.